events can turn dreams into reality, and as an event planner, mastering this art becomes your ticket to success. We are honored to host a true trailblazer in the event planning and design world, Danielle Leilani. As the visionary founder of Leilani Social, an internationally renowned event planning and design powerhouse, Danielle's expertise and creativity have left an indelible mark on the industry. Danielle opens up about her journey, sharing invaluable insights on executing dream weddings and events with finesse. She walks through the intricacies of the Leilani Method, a unique approach that has garnered acclaim for creating perfect experiences that leave a lasting impact. Prepare to be inspired as we delve into the captivating world of dream weddings, extraordinary events, and the entrepreneurial spirit with the exceptional Danielle Leilani. Let's discover the secrets behind her remarkable success in the event planning industry on this episode of the True Love Knots podcast. Hi, everybody. Maria Romano here, True Love Knots. Well, I am so excited today. As you know, I love talking about love, you know, finding love, love in the workplace, how to bring love to the workplace. And of course, as you know, I'm in the wedding industry. I'm a wedding officiant. So most of you that are out there listening to me know that I love officiating wedding ceremonies and also, I have a course on how to be a rock star wedding officiant. And as we all know, you've been listening to my podcast for a couple of years. I've done over 100 episodes. And I always like to bring on what I call rock star people. I really take the time when I'm choosing my guests because I want to be able to bring value to you as a community. So today, I'm going to bring on this wonderful, wonderful gal, uh, Danielle Leilani, who is from uh, Southern California. And she is definitely a brand expert in the wedding industry, in the event industry. I shouldn't just say weddings. I have a tendency of falling and slipping into that. But we're going to talk a bit about that. And again, as I always tell you, I want you to have an open mind. You might be thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to hear this. What's important is anything we're speaking about, you can use this and apply this in your life. So don't be closed-minded and think that, okay, well, I'm, they're going to be talking events and that's really not what I want to do. I want to hear about love, but you know what? Having love for what you do. So everybody join me in welcoming Danielle Leilani. Hey, sending Hello. out praise. And can you smell my perfume? I put it on for you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you look fabulous. So tell me, first of all, share a little bit about who you are and where you're originally from. Yes. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You are like the wedding podcast lady. So I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, I'm Danielle Leilani. I founded uh, Leilani Social 10 years. Well, no, eight years ago, eight years ago, uh, but 10 years in the industry uh, in September. And so more about me, I've always been a fan of girls. So when I was in first grade, when I was six years old, I wanted to be a gynecologist. I had no idea what that was. I don't think most six-year-olds do, but I knew that it was a doctor for girls and I wanted to help girls in a, in a very like special time of her life, right? And then fast forward to fifth grade and I started a club where at uh, lunchtime, I would take my girlfriends out to the field and we would talk about our changing bodies. There's a brand called American Girl. They make dolls, they make books. And so there's this book, The Care and Keeping of You. And it was almost like a textbook. And I would take that book out and I would go through like this is what's happening to our bodies to my girlfriends and again a really monumental point in a woman's life and so I did not think I was going to be a wedding planner I did not foresee it but in hindsight it makes sense that I landed in this industry eight years ago 
well, and imagine gynecologist to here, completely <laughs> different. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. So it sounds like you were the leader of your group. Always. Um, yes. Always a little, a little bossy leader. Yes. Oh, a boss babe over here. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? It's important to be bossy and bold, right? And beautiful as well. So, okay. How did you then decide to get involved in doing what you're doing? Share you a little bit of your story, your journey. Yeah. So I went to a local university for journalism and anthropology, which are still super passions of mine, but I love people, I love culture, writing, fashion. And so journalism and anthropology felt right. But I'm the first person in my family to go to college. And so I didn't really have a lot of guidance, was raised by a single mom. She really was doing the best that she could, but she didn't really... You know, no, I think when I have kids, I'll say, this is your path. I'll probably be one of those like stage moms, to be honest. Like, this is your plan. Like, these are your options. I'm I'm somewhat kidding. But, you know, my mom was like, you're just smart. You're beautiful. I know you're going to make it, but I don't really know how to guide you because I didn't grow up this way. You know, she had a crazy upbringing. So I kind of just studied what I liked. And then I learned kind of towards graduation that all of the writing opportunities for magazines, which is what I really wanted to do, were in New York and I'm from California. Didn't want to leave my mom, didn't want to move across country. I never even traveled on a plane at this point, the end of college. And so I decided to pivot that 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 really popular word now, especially after 2020. So I pivoted uh, to fashion PR. So I was writing for the news, a local newspaper. I was working in fashion PR. I was also a cheerleading coach. So again, like working with a lot of women, fashion, writing. And then at, I don't know if I want to age myself, but like a year after college, let's say, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to put all my eggs in one basket. Like this is not sustainable. This is, I'm not really making a great living. How do I put all of my passions and all of my loves into one career path? And I was actually dating a wedding photographer and videographer at the time. He has his own business and we were young, you know, I'll, I guess I'll use myself early twenties. Like, I mean, I said, I was just out of college. Right. And so, you know, I, I loved his life. He was 24 and he had his own office and he was always at weddings and he would take us, take us on a date. And then he'd say, bye, I have to go back to the office and work. And I just loved his lifestyle. And I loved seeing him work for himself and working in this glamorous industry of weddings, which I had not no clue about, but it was so glamorous. I, I attended a few weddings with him just as like a photo assistant. And so we had a little conversation all the way back from a trip. We had gone to wine country for a weekend trip. And I was like, I need to put all my eggs in one basket. I don't know what to do from here. I, I say I had a quarter life crisis, right? And so he said, you'd be a really good wedding planner. And something clicked. And I'll actually tell you a story about Leilani later on, which is actually very weird and why I feel like it was kind of divine that that happened. And something clicked and I said, I think you're right. And so the day after I cold called wedding planners, got an internship and fast forward, two months later, I got a full-time job in the industry, was there for two years and then started my business two years after that. Wow, what a journey. You know what? There are many, many young people. I'm glad you shared this because 
I know a couple of people that as some of the chapels I work out of here in Las Vegas that are going through their crisis and their young crisis, they're out of college and they, they get the, their degree and that's great. You need a degree. I mean, there's no question today about that and something that's useful, right? As far as, and you, you know, you did journalism, anthropology, totally different, but I think it's a wonderful start, right? For you. And oh, yeah. then you think about, you wake up and what do I really want to do? Is that my passion? So you found your passion. You started planning weddings. So, okay. So now tell us that journey into Leilani. <laughs> yeah. And to your point, I use, I feel like I use journalism and anthropology every day, which is interesting, right? In a very abstract way. So Leilani. So I was with a company for two years. After about a year, I started thinking I can do this on my own. I want to do this on my own. My soul was kind of calling me to do things in my own way. And a boss I had had previously told me, Danielle, you're going to have your own business one day. And honestly, at that point, what I was not around entrepreneurs growing up, it really wasn't. I knew I would do something big or exciting with my life, but I really had no idea that would be owning my own business. So he kind of planted the seed, the X, thankfully for him. And then <laughs> or that I'm thankful for him. I give him a shout out. I think everyone that comes into your life for a reason. And that was definitely one of his. That's true. And so I started, you know, after that first year at the company, the other company, I just made the moves to, to start my own thing. I couldn't do both at the same time. That would have been a conflict of interest. So I really had to take that leap. I really had to put in my two weeks, be really professional about it, have, have a hard conversation because I really did love uh, the woman I was working with. And we had a really great two years together. You know, we we're partners in crime. It was it was a really good relationship, but I just needed to do my own thing. And so I completely quit cold turkey. I had to. It was a conflict of interest. Like I said, I, you know, knew I had my degree to fall back on. I'd worked in high-end retail. I think I actually even applied for like an assistant manager job at a bikini shop by the beach, just in case. I was like, well, if I don't book weddings, like maybe they'll hire me. And it's funny, they didn't. And I feel like I had a few like odd jobs from that January to maybe through like March. Worked with my other fr my friends, other bikini, funnily enough, company doing their social media. I was working where else um, for this legging company in downtown LA, like just doing something. So I had a little something on the side and every single person told me, well, I didn't get the job at the bikini shop. And then the other two companies were like, we can tell your heart's not in this. You're literally working on Leilani social stuff or but at the time Leilani wedding, you're, we see you on your laptop. Like your heart's not in this. Like we're, we're letting you go, like go work full time on your company. And so I'm like, you're, and so I did. And my goal was to book 10 weddings that first year, you know, that would be an accomplishment. I ended up booking 25 weddings that first year. <laughs> and so it was, it was such a whirlwind. And honestly, it's been a whirlwind ever since. So when you, so it's interesting. So I'm going to back up for a moment, because I like to unpack a little bit about what you said. You said when you gave your notice, you know, you had a good conversation. It was a hard conversation with the person that you worked with that employed you. And I have to tell you, that's great worth ethic. Because that's important in today's world. You don't want to burn bridges, right? You might even see that same person in circles that you travel today. I don't know, or people that might have worked with her. So Absolutely. you're right. That's the first thing is you didn't burn any bridges. Whether they like the decision or not, it doesn't matter. 
And then you just still had your passion. So I was thinking back as to when you were talking about when you were young and you would take your friends out to the field and you were bossing them and telling them this is what's happening to your body. So this is what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but you know, you're right. You get that that burning energy, right? Either that fire in your belly or something, that voice at night, whether it's God, whatever you believe in, that's telling you there's more. I I want to do more. So yes. expand on that. Go ahead, expand a little bit more on that. Yeah, you know, I think we're so, and I I like to learn a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read, I should read more books, but I read books. You know, I like. I, I'm so into self development and learning about the human condition and how we are conditioned and psychology behind what us humans do, and we are so conditioned to play small. And so, you know, in hindsight, why didn't I think I was going to own my own business? You know, I had an inkling, right? But like that, that noise or that sound in your, your voice gets, gets stronger and stronger, the more like conditioning that you shed, you know, people listening to this, you may think, oh, I don't know about business. I didn't go to business. I didn't go to business school. You know, all these like stories and narratives and excuses and reasons we can tell ourselves to not do what we really we we know in our soul and our gut it's not even like a brain thing because this thing lies to us you know this is not what we want to listen to our brain our heart our gut in here you know if you're living your full purpose you know if you're doing what you're meant to do and so you know I always had that feeling and then I got stronger and stronger and stronger where it was it wasn't even a choice it was like my you know that inner intuition like took over what I even wanted say if I wanted to stay there with her she was a great boss and I wanted the comfort of being you know having that that paycheck every Friday and having that you know cushy job security which totally understand that right but I think at some point your your intuition and that gut feeling takes over and so Leilani was just meant to be well, you said something, you know, we're conditioned not to dream big, right? We're it's true. And sometimes, and maybe it's gender specific. And I know from my generation, because I'm a lot older than you are, twice your age. And the thing is, is that, yeah. So the thing is, is that we need to understand, and my generation is women really didn't go out. I mean, we didn't make this, we weren't career oriented. And I was always like, heck, I don't want to be like that. I want to be my own person. And I, and of course, obviously, obviously your generation does want to be, and you have your millennials and I think it's your Gen Z's. So yeah. probably teeter totter on that. Gen yeah. Z. But yeah. Well, yeah, technically they have a geriatric millennial. No, you're not. <laughs> or just, or just, like what a name. My <laughs> daughter's 38. So I believe me, I know. And I believe okay. me, I, I love, um, no, but, I, you know, I love that. I'd love to see especially women going forward and, and also supporting other women as well. I think that's the key thing too, uh, being there to, because you're in an industry that's dominated. It's gender specific. Not that you're not dealing with, actually, we deal in the wedding industry. We deal with uh, gender, not just genders, but we also deal with uh, the gay population, the lesbian population, the transgendering, right? So I think that's important as well, being able to open up your eyes to everyone as far as love. I had this conversation with another wedding uh, planner and they own rock, paper, uh, coin. I don't know if you- Oh, know. rock, paper, coin. Yes, we I just interviewed, right. So when we were talking about being inclusive and, and you see that, especially in California and Las Vegas, we it's so important, but I love that you're really focusing on 
you're speaking to women and that's the key thing because we need we need all the help we can get and you know confidence is not something that you just wake up one morning and take a pill share with me a little bit about what your discipline is your routine and how you develop the confidence that mm, you need to yes. definitely Excellent. i love that well, I have to, I have to give it up to Leilani, who's actually my mom. So that's, it's my middle name. So Leilani Weddings, Leilani Social was named after her, but she made it by, I have two middle names, my mom's name and my grandma's name, Elizabeth. And she definitely, she was older when she had me. I was definitely a little later in life surprise. And she always wanted a girl. I have a brother, half brother, who's 18 years older than me. And so when I came along, she just, I was like her little doll. She would dress me in, you know, fan of jewelry out of the womb. I always say like, she would dress me literally like a doll. Photos of me as a kid, it's like decked out from head to toe. Disney, cheetah print, like outfits. And, you know, that's just on the surface, right? But she, you could tell she she showed a lot of her creativity and her love by, you know, showing me to the world, right? And so so from that, you know, I'm like a, a presented as a little doll, so to speak. But it's interesting. I feel like that could have gone another way where I've started feeling really like on show or, you know, she did it in a way where it wasn't too much. I never felt like pressure, I, re I really translated it into, and this was also with the help of her words of affirmation, you're smart, you're beautiful, you're talented. You know, I remember these words constantly being told to me, you're going to do big things in life, you're so smart. And so I think that conditioning really did help. And then, you know, I've always been a little bit delusional. <laughs> and I, and I, I always tell women. You know, me too. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be, right? You really have to be a little bit delusional and obviously within reason, but, you know, if you're playing safe, if you're worried, those, if you're fearful, those, those words, those feelings are never going to propel you forward. So you may as well, and also life is short, so you may as well be confident, even though you kind of don't maybe feel it, but just if you start acting that way, you're going to change your brain, fake it before you make it. Within reason in the wedding industry, I tell my girls all this, all the time, within parameters, you know, you don't take on a wedding and say, I'm going to be your lead planner and I've never planned a wedding before. There are ways to do that. Obviously, somebody has, everyone starts somewhere, but, you know, start before you're ready, kind of just do it, even though you don't feel it, because it'll shift your brain chemistry. And I had another one, but I lost, lost my train of thought. But the the, the end goal or the, the, the main thing here is, you got to be a little delusional and you, you can't let people say things or you, they're, they're, they're going to, right. You just have to tune out the noise and stay focused. And it's about how, how bad you want it to. I think for my whole life, I knew I wanted to do something. I always described it as something big with my life, you know, growing up really poor on assisted living in an apartment in Orange County, California with a mom and didn't have a car, you know, she would walk, she walked me to school until eighth grade. I remember it was so embarrassing. I was like, mom, I need you to not walk me to school in eighth grade. Like I was begging, pleading. And I still had to call her on the payphone because this was, you know, back in the day. Oh my gosh, I lost an earring. Uh, but I had to call her on the payphone when I got there. So she was very, very overprotective, but you could tell that she really did love me. Um, but yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> no, and I love that, you know, and I, I think that's important that you talk about that. Do you have any mentors, anybody that's mentors in your life? 
at this time? Yeah, you know, I feel like I've had little mentors along the way. I remember friends when I was younger, you know, girls who, I remember this one girl, she had a whole Roxy, the swim brand Roxy, Roxy room. And she was, I, I think she was like in photography. She had a professional camera. And I just thought she was so cool when I would go to her house, you know, and like it's little things. I've always been a, a really big sponge. I've been, you know, I would see, oh, I like, I like, wow, her parents live in a great place. I love her, her Roxy bedroom. She has a professional camera. Wow, I want that for myself one day. Or I see another friend starting to eat, eat certain foods. Oh, wow. They never go to fast food. They're, they go to Whole Foods Hot Bar, you know? <laughs> wow. I, I want to start doing that. Why am I going through the Taco Bell drive through I feel like I'm better than that. And, you know, that's just. And I do, I am into nutrition, but you know, for anyone who needs Taco Bell, that's fine. But for me, it was like, I saw something that was in my mind elevated and I wanted to, to be a part of that. And so I was, I've always been a sponge. I've always really gotten influence from other people and outside things. And then now as I'm really kind of going into that, I'm basically transitioning from wedding planner to startup founder of a tech company which is a huge leap. So I'm going through an accelerator program right now, which by the time this airs, it might be over, um, which was, it's bittersweet, but I'm meeting people that really are representing that next part of life where I want to go. Uh, this founder life, investors, raising money, the figures of millions and billions of dollars in the conversation. And I'm excited, you know, I'm not scared. I'm, I'm, I don't, I, of course, we all have imposter syndrome at some points, but I'm not, you know, I don't feel less than, even though I'm one of the newest people in my group, there's 20 women and I, some of them, you know, are, have already raised a million dollars for their business. And I, I've been bootstrapping it for, for eight years, but it's exciting to me. And I think that that was what keeps my motivation going. So tell us about the startup company. Yes. Okay, so started Leilani Weddings eight years ago. And from my previous experience, I knew I wanted to be a bigger company. I didn't want to be just me planning weddings, right? Because although I am a creative, I felt that entrepreneurial spirit a little bit like higher, stronger, right? And so that first year, I had a couple of girls on the team. We did the 25 weddings. I did maybe... 20 of them. One girl did like two weddings. One girl did like three weddings. So I kind of from the beginning dipped my toe in training people and kind of starting to build that blueprint where I could scale. Even my business was never an LLC. It was like a, a corporation. Even when I you know did the legal Zoom paperwork. So I was always thinking, okay, this is going to be bigger. And so with every year, and I think this is a testament to my journalism degree and writing, just in general, loving to write, starting to write when I was three years old, you know, write stories and things like that, read books. I love creating blueprints and infrastructure. And so fast forward, you know, throughout the years, I've really weaned myself off of planning. So in May, a couple months ago now, I technically retired. I like to use that word um, because it really does. It's like the end of a chapter, really. I really did retire from servicing weddings and networking events. <laughs> um, and so I'm sending my team out on the field to do those things. So what we are building and what we have built these last 
have been in half years is a company that sits at the intersection of technology, services, and products for the modern bride. So back in 18, we actually created an e-commerce product called the Batchbox. So they are pre-made decor party in a box kits for bachelorette parties. So there's a little formula to the boxes. They always get balloons. They get like colored balloons. They get a big balloon. You could tape on the wall. You know, this is like picture like all everything you need for decorations for like that hotel room or that Airbnb that you are celebrating the bride in, right? There's cups, there's shot glasses, straws, cocktail napkins, confetti, cute little tchotchkes, right? And so they're pre-made and they're ready to ship. So I, I started that in 2018 because I wanted a, an e-commerce business to kind of complement the service-based business. And all of that to say throughout the years, we really... I've learned, wow, I can really build a technology based on what we have that we're really right now, we're again, going back to the, I realized we're playing small. And I think there's several moments in your life where you get to a certain point and then you're like, oh, wow, I've kind of graduated or elevated past that place. What's next? And I feel like we did that after seven full seasons of weddings and events, uh, being out in the field, 80, 100 weddings a year, having hundreds of assistants, training hundreds of interns. We have three interns every three months that come in and get school credit and cycle out. Uh, just all the things, our body of work, getting published, styled shoots, everything that we had done. I felt like we had kind of come to an end of that chapter where it was like, okay, what's next? And I started meeting founders and I started meeting people in the tech space. And they're like, you should build an app. You should build a website. You have a lot here. Uh, it's really, really special. I haven't seen something like this before. So we're building an all-in-one software, essentially. I don't want to say too much, but all-in-one software for the modern bride, essentially. That's fabulous. And at you, and I love the idea. You're partying in a box. Um, I think that's a great idea. So you wanted to also share a little bit about sometimes the misconception of hiring a company to help you plan your event. So let's take a moment before we yes. say, I'd like you to touch on that. Oh, I have a lot of opinions. If you, if, you, <laughs> if you watch my TikToks, I love sharing my random little wedding opinions. Yes. So twice this week, and this is a testament to so many people listening. If you own a company and you're in the space, or even if not, uh, to make sure your branding and your marketing and your messaging is maybe on point. For us, it's fine. It works because we are in a transition phase. So at this point, our messaging and social media, we're kind of just having fun with it. It's, you know, we're posting more lifestyle content. We're, it's a little bit, it's, we're having fun with it. But it's, like you, I want, I've always wanted you to look at our brand and think, oh, they're doing things a little bit differently. So all that to say, twice this week, uh, one person said, oh, this person needs on social media. She'd like tag me in something. Hey, uh, she says she needs a day of coordinator. You do that, right? You do everything. And I, I was happy she, you know, at, phrased it like that. So, you know, she kind of knew that we did, but she was making sure. And then the other gal uh, I was, I just said something playful, like, oh, your sister got married. Why didn't we plan the wedding? And she said, oh, girl, like, there's no way, you know, she could have afforded you guys. Her budget was $30,000. And I explained to her, oh, no, no, no. Like, that's such a misconception. So for us, and I'm happy I get the opportunity to say this publicly, you know, we really work with all walks of life. We actually have uh, a certain uh, pricing model 
that is a, a percentage of the budget. And, and even for management. So say if you come to us and you have a $10,000 budget, right? If you're a bride, most wedding planners are going to turn you down. And for us, you know, they're not, they're not even, they might offer you wedding management, but it's going to be $2,400, maybe $3,000. And on a $10,000 budget, you're, you're going to say that's not accessible to me. And you're probably going to end up either having your mom, maid of honor, friend, coordinate your wedding, you're going to be stressed and it's not going to be the most ideal day for you. And so for me, given my background, given just everything, it felt always felt right to stay accessible to brides. So we work with clients from $12,000 budgets for their whole wedding. We just did one last month to $500,000 for their whole wedding, right? So that's kind of our range. So we are one of the only companies that really stay accessible. And no, we're not discounting. We don't have prices. We don't have prices listed on our website. We used to, um, and they shouldn't be up there anymore. Our, our website is old. Uh, you know, we don't, when we consult with them, we don't give them pricing. We assess what is your budget? Okay, great. We'll take 20% of that. And then we'll see where you land. If you have a $20,000 budget, okay, that's about 4,000. What do we feel comfortable? What services do we feel? It's almost like a meter, right? And so if that is aligned you're, you're with that, great. If you were, if you say, oh, that's a little bit still too expensive. Okay, let's decrease. If you want, a, if you're okay with spending a little bit more because you want that more full service, then we can increase. You know, we try to really stay flexible because for me, I don't know, this is an unpopular opinion, but I think sometimes pricing is so subjective and so silly because I mean, like, you know, a $12,000 wedding planner and a $20,000 wedding planner, it's one of those things where in my experience, you don't necessarily, you're not paying more for more expertise and more experience, more of anything. And again, that might be an unpopular opinion, but I really do feel that way. So I think letting the client decide has worked for us. So, and I, you know, I like that analogy because being on the wedding officiant side, which I think be, kudos to you to be a wedding planner because it's <laughs> moving parts, which has helped you also with what you do in life and bringing you roundabout to where you are today with now creating this technology, this app, because I know that's why I created a course for $37 for somebody that wants to just take a 37 minute course on how to officiate weddings. And you see this, you see people that have, want their friends, a family member officiate a wedding. It's like, oh my God, this yeah. could be a disaster. So, you know, spend a little bit of money, get either a coaching call. You know, people have this misconception, oh, I've got to take a course or I've got to learn this. It's going to take me hours and hours. Well, it depends. You might want to do that. If that's a field you want to get into, just like yeah. wedding planning, officiating. So I understand totally what you're talking about. And um, yeah, people just don't realize when they get married that um, whoever their officiant is, they want to make sure that if it's somebody that they like as a family member or friend, that they, they know exactly what they're doing. So, yes. and if you ever want an efficient course added to your box, let me know. So. Okay. I know I'll have to check it out. And that's so affordable. Well, well, you know, I'm just saying in general, I think that, and this is um, something, and I do speak to planners about this, but you know, it doesn't matter. Your wedding is your wedding day. And it is something that you have dreamed about. The couple has for years, maybe for years before they met their significant other. And what you're providing is you're taking that day and you're turning those dreams into an experience, an experience that they're going to remember. 
It's a legacy experience. That's what it is. It's a legacy of love. So I, I get that in your end. And I understand that in my end. Any words of wisdom you'd like to share with our uh, listeners before we sign off and say, I, I've been having a conversation. It went by so quickly. I know it is. It's been so fun. Oh my gosh. Words of wisdom. I, I have words of wisdom for days. <laughs> Follow me on, on TikTok. Um, I talk a lot about my opinions and like share both like wedding planning for brides and then uh, wedding planning tips or like wedding tips for entrepreneurs and then wedding professionals specifically. Uh, the biggest piece of advice I have, I have so many, but probably be flexible, you know, be flexible, not only with, and again, you know, a lot of people are teaching things that are opposite of this, but be flexible. If you want to go a certain place, you have to be flexible and willing to kind of swim, swim the stream, right? If you want to start doing destination weddings, like I get questions like this all the time, you know, how did you, how did you start doing destination weddings? How did you get published in people? How did you work with this celebrity? Well, I had to work my way. Not only did I hustle years and years and years, but I had to maybe be flexible. Maybe we did take that one wedding that was a little bit less than what this was maybe before, you know, build your own price model. Maybe we did discount at that point, that would have been a discount that price to, but that, that client, but then they introduced us to this client, right? Or maybe I took that first destination wedding for, for you know, it's not always about money, but there's just ways to, to be flexible. Maybe I did add on some additional services. Maybe I did end up doing those invitations for the bride, even though I didn't charge her extra because I knew that she was going to give me a referral from that. And so it's about being a smart business person and about being not only flexible, but, um, but smart and savvy as you navigate this crazy industry and life as an entrepreneur. That is so true. Well, everybody, you heard it here from Danielle, and I'm going to um, also provide you with all of the links in the show notes. And of course your headshot as well. So in the meantime, if you have any questions, please reach out to me and continue to stay healthy, happy, and safe. And as I always say, my dear friends, spread love. Have a great day. Oh,